In the National Football League, fame can be achieved many different ways. A player can become All-Pro, make the Hall of Fame. With their team, they can win the Super Bowl. But in the history of the NFL, there's only been one team to go undefeated. On this episode of Tales from South Florida, we're talking about the perfect season of the 1972 Miami Dolphins. Hello and welcome to Tales from South Florida. I'm your host, Bill Monty. When my family moved to South Florida in 1965, I was a wee lad of seven years old and an avid baseball fan. Now, one thing I learned real fast moving here was that at the time, of course, South Florida had no baseball team. So if you wanted to follow baseball, you had to follow the Atlanta Braves, the Los Angeles Dodgers, or the New York Yankees, because that's all they showed on TV down here. My team was the Houston Astros. And unless they played one of those teams, I was never going to see them on television. Sure, we went to spring training a couple times, but a few years went by, we started to lose interest and started looking for a new team to get behind. In South Florida, back around 1969, 1970, there was only one team, the fledgling Miami Dolphins, and they were not very good. In Super Bowl three, Don Shula had taken the Baltimore Colts to the Super Bowl only to lose to Joe Namath, Broadway Joe as he became known, and the New York Jets. The next year, Joe Robbie brought him down to the Miami Dolphins to see what he could do with that team. There wasn't a lot to work with, but it only took Shula two years to get them to perfect. Now, if you were a fan back in those days, I'm going to take you down memory lane right now and throw some names out at you. Let's start with the coaching staff. After accepting the job in Miami, Shula hired Howard Schnellenberger as offensive coordinator. He became a huge name in college football also. Bill Arnsparger, who had served as defensive line coach under Shula in Baltimore. And Monty Clark, offensive line coach. These were some of the coaches that stayed with Shula and the Dolphins for a while and made history. Now let's talk about some of the staff on the team that Shula inherited. Quarterback Bob Greasy. Running backs Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris, Paul Warfield as wide receiver, Martin Briscoe, who led the team receiving touchdowns in 1972, Jim Langer, Larry Little. These were the names Dick Anderson, Jake Scott, Bill Stanfield, Manny Fernandez, Norm Evans, Nick Buonacani, Dick Anderson, Jake Scott. They were the no name defense. You know who gave them that name? Dallas Cowboys coach Tom Landry said it was because they had a lack of high-profile players. Yeah, he was right at the time. No one exactly knew who they were, but they would learn. Now, when Shula arrived, he had a tough task ahead of him. The Dolphins weren't very good. They were considered one of the worst, if not the worst, team in the new NFL. But in his first season, he got them to a 10-4 record and into the playoffs. They lost to the Raiders, but they were set up to come back even stronger the next year, which they absolutely did. Came back with a 10-3-1 record. And in their first playoff game against the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the most exciting games I've ever listened to in my life and one of the most exciting games in NFL history. They won that. They moved on to the Baltimore Colts and then moved on to the Super Bowl against the Dallas Cowboys, where unfortunately their inexperience at championship games showed. They lost 24-3. I remember at my church after that game, Mike Colon, who was one of the defensive players, they called him Captain Crunch, because you could hear his hits 
up in the stands. Well, Captain Crunch got up and told this story, that after the game, when they were walking off dejected, losing 24-3, to he was hurriedly heading towards the dressing room and knocked over an older lady. Of course, he didn't know what to do or say. He bent down, helped her up, and he said, I'm so sorry, ma'am. And she winked at him and said, don't worry, son, I'm the first person you knocked down all day. <laughs> I don't know if it's a true story or not, but it's a great story. And that set up the 1972 season. Now, I don't think anyone was thinking that at the end of it all, they'd be standing undefeated. But they started off great, and they kept going. Now, it might be hard for some younger folks to believe, or remember for some of us, that back then, that 17-game season was a much shorter one. The season started, the, the preseason, started actually August 5th. And there were six games played at that time. But the regular season would start September 17th. And they picked up where they left off against the Kansas City Chiefs, defeating them 20-10. to It then went on to with the Houston Oilers, the Minnesota Vikings, the New York Jets. And then game number five came along. Game five was the San Diego Chargers. And early in the first quarter, quarterback Bob Greasy broke his ankle. We were all stunned. What would we do? Well... We didn't know that Don Shula had a secret weapon. His name was Earl Morrill, and Morrill came in and proceeded to win the game 24-10, to and he never faltered. Earl Morrill is the great untold story of the 1972 Miami Dolphins' perfect season. Tall and lanky, crew cut, I think he kept most of his life. He had been the backup quarterback under some great quarterbacks like Johnny Unitas in Baltimore, and he followed Shula down to Miami and probably never thought he'd be playing much more. 38 years old, probably thought that his career was wrapped up. And he was about to become an exciting part of an unbelievable season. We next looked at the Buffalo Bills. Won that game only by one point, 24-23. Took on the Baltimore Colts. Shula's former team went up there and beat them 23 to nothing. They must have been regretting that move, letting Shula go. The Buffalo Bills were defeated again 30-16. We whooped the New England Patriots 52 to nothing. The New York Jets, the St. Louis Cardinals, the New England Patriots, the New York Giants, and we ended the season against those Baltimore Colts once again, defeating them 16-nothing this time around. So again, remember, season started September 17th. By December 16th, the season was over. We were now headed into the playoffs. Playoffs started... Christmas Eve, December 24th, in the Orange Bowl against the Cleveland Browns. We won 20-14. New Year's Eve moved up to Pittsburgh. AFC Championship game was December 31st, 1972. We defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers 21-17. Super Bowl held at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. It was played at 2.50 in the afternoon Eastern Standard Time. January 14, 1973, a low-scoring game and one that kicker Gary Uprimian would always remember because his trying to throw a pass and become a quarterback actually led to the only scores the Washington Redskins had. But it wasn't enough because we had 14. 14-7, and the Dolphins went on to make history. Now, there have been other teams, New England Patriots in 2007 is one of them, that have gone undefeated throughout the season, but they didn't win the championship. And that's the most important thing. As we look back on this and the excitement that came into this city, everyone was talking about 
Zonka and Kick, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I remember as the game ended, people running out in my neighborhood and screaming and honking their horns and banging pots and pans. The celebration just felt like it would go on forever. But the Dolphins weren't done yet. In the next season, they went back to the Super Bowl, probably with a better team. And they won again. They didn't go undefeated, but they won again. So think about it. In the 1970s, the early 70s, that dominant team in the NFL was the Miami Dolphins. It went to the Super Bowl three years in a row. They won two of those, and one of them was a perfect season. We'd love to hear your memories about that perfect season. Where were you when they won? Where were you when all those games were played? Let us know. We'll share your stories in a future episode. And we'll be right back. Friends, this break in the show could be me highlighting your business or service. The rates are great. We have upfront spots before the episode, mid-break in the middle, an episode subject sponsor. Or you can sponsor a whole episode or the entire season. Need more information? Please email me at billmonte 4 at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the show. One of the great things about living in South Florida is coming upon someone who was around when the Dolphins went undefeated that season and exchanging memories. It's been a long time now, 51 years since that season happened. Memory fades, but there were some interesting things that happened all around that season that don't exist anymore. For instance... The NFL rules at the time forced the undefeated Dolphins to play the Steelers, who were 11-3, in Pittsburgh for the AFC Championship game. Today, that would be very different. Subsequent rule changes have since changed the playoff structure, so this would never happen again. So since 1975, teams that have won their division and have had a superior record than their opponent would play their postseason games at home. The 1972 Dolphins consisted mostly of the same core of players that it possessed from 1970 through 1974, and it was the most dominant NFL team during that stretch. In those five seasons, the Dolphins reached the playoffs all five years, won three AFC championships, two Super Bowls, and went undefeated and untied while winning the Super Bowl in 1972. They posted a record of 65-15-1. and They were also the fastest franchise to win a Super Bowl after franchise inception and joining the NFL. It was seven years after starting in the AFL and three years after becoming a member of the NFL that this fantastic season occurred. Another thing you might not remember from back then, but fans in the Miami area could not view the team's home games on television, as 1972 was the final year in which all NFL home games were blacked out on local television, even if the stadium had sold out. To view the team's home games, Dolphin fans in the Miami-Dade area would have to attend home games in person or travel to outside markets such as Orlando, Tampa, and Jacksonville to watch the games on television. I remember begging my father to go away for the weekend so we could watch the Dolphins in some hotel. Needless to say, this did not happen. Super Bowl VII was the first game to be televised in the market of origin under new rules that would come into effect the following season requiring games to be sold out within 72 hours of kickoff time to be aired in the market of origin. These blackout rules, by the way, were lifted back in 2015. As all Super Bowls, except Super Bowl I, have sold out, none have been blacked out since. President Richard Nixon 
and many of his White House staff and members of Congress were angered by the blackout rules as they could not watch the home games of the Dolphins' eventual Super Bowl opponent, the Redskins, even though all games at RFK Stadium had been sold out since 1966. Of course, famously, the Dolphins never got to celebrate their undefeated season at the time that it happened in the White House. It wasn't until 2013 that President Barack Obama honored the 1972 team at the White House. It's been great going back down memory lane to remember that time. And this year, hey, the Dolphins are doing great. They're not undefeated. But will they get back to a Super Bowl in 2023? Well, as of this recording, we're still four games out from the end of the season. So time will tell. Again, we'd love to hear your memories of the undefeated season. You can write to us at talesfromsouthflorida at gmail.com or call and leave a voicemail at 754-800-3170. Leave your name and telephone number and I'll reach out to you and see if we can't get your memory on a future episode. Thank you once again for listening and please keep tuning in to hear more Tales from South Florida.